0: The local church is a collection of people who are being transformed by Jesus, who live in a community purposefully to model and proclaim Jesus. Scripture tells us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Every story is unique. Each person is an individual who has met Jesus. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Together, we are the church, and these are our stories. Welcome to Generations Church Podcast. I'm Jeff Luddington, the lead pastor at Generations Church, and we're in a new series called Stories of Faith, where we get to hear about how Jesus intersects everyday lives and how people share their story. Today, this is part three of the story with Rob Spencer, and where we've been so far has been a, to say dramatic as an understatement, a massive car crash that leaves Rob, roughly 24 years old, married, and with no memories of anything in his life up to this point. But he tells the doctors, hey, I'm good, I remember everything now. He tells his wife, Casey, I remember everything now. And so he goes home to recoup. As he's healing at home, he starts to learn life lessons. Now he hasn't told anybody what's really going on inside, but he learns and he he believes there is a God. He believes there are absolutes in this life for physically and and spiritually and emotionally. There are absolutes that I can learn from, and there are life lessons. And so he goes about his life disciplined, seeking out universal truths that he can hang on to. And yet, one of the most disciplined guys I know finds himself in a place of really out of his own control. He has this moment in an airport where he has a panic attack, and he realizes, okay, everything I'm doing isn't enough. He's been trying to help everyone else, but he hasn't really helped himself. This causes him to tell his wife the truth, hey, I don't remember you. This is 10 years into or 10 years after the accident, He's now got a son named Jacob. He's made a deal with God. Hey, God, just let me live until Jake is 18 years old. I don't want to leave him. I don't want him to ever feel alone like I've felt alone. But now he gets to this place, and Jacob is 18, and there's more problems. And so, Rob, thank you for coming back. Jump in right there and tell us, okay, where are we now? It's deal number two time with God. So we are now
1: at a place where uh, my body had it, My brain basically had another reaction, and um, and it, we had to do all the studying, all the testing, all the cat scans, everything that you can imagine that you would do for your brain. We did it ten times over, hmm. and nothing could be found still. Nothing could be found, except for I have a broken hypothalamus, which is basically what governs your hormone system, right? Yeah. And whatever triggers that triggers it. That. That's what we know. It's the brain of your brain. That, yeah, that's right. what we know. So so we're at this point now where I, up to this point, thought, dude, get God. get. I often call God dude, in case you haven't noticed. But <laughs> I call everybody that. But God, get me to Jake's 18th birthday, and, and you know what? Then I've you can had, take me. I'm good. Okay. I, I've, Honestly, I should have been dead 18 years ago. 20 years ago whatever it was right and so anything after that accident is bonus time right so uh, I fought the fight I thought that I would uh, commit my life to helping and saving other people from their own darkness and that got me to the darkest place Hmm. ever and um, and I'm now at the point where I think I'm going to die Jake's 18 I think it's gone I realized wait a minute I might not be done yet right okay so uh, I talked about basically after that first episode how I was exploring uh, maybe a different way of thinking, mm-hmm. and after and but I kept kept on the road that I was on and kept going and that kind of thing. And uh, things changed a little bit. I opened myself up to case, I opened myself up to people that did a couple things for me. One, it allowed um, that vulnerability allowed for a lot more hurt to come into my life, mm. right? Yeah. By Others, it also allowed for me to hurt other people you to feel some things. Yeah. Feel, okay. yeah. Feel way, things that I've never felt before. And, uh, uh, anyway, so we're here at this point now with Jacob.
0: Let me say this just in case, if you're listening right now and you haven't heard the first two parts, I'd encourage you go back and listen. But if you're listening at this point, Rob, you're, you're, you've led worship done youth. You're active in the church. You do believe in God, just like you believe you're married, but you're, you're, you don't, have all the pieces but not that anybody ever has all the pieces put together but you're still putting pieces of life together yep and so take me into that so i want to i want to ask specifically to your faith so as everything else is coming to a head and and kind of this original deal with god clearly we all know god's graceful <laughs> and that's he's not holding you to the letter of the law in this moment or you wouldn't be here but right. okay so but you're going through a crisis of faith too and and just kind of take me inside your head, your faith right there. Like, so what what do you want now?
1: So at this point, I, I honestly was at the point where I said, God, um, I, I'm going to get to this part in a, in a okay. minute here. But God, I, I I think some different things now. And if 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 I'm going on, life is going to be different. But honestly, a deal's a deal. Sure. If it's, I believe that if look. You gave me this after I asked for it. So if it's time, it's time. I wholeheartedly believe that, and I was wholeheartedly Mm. at peace with that. That's cool. But if not, there's more to do. Okay. Because what I learned through that whole process, and understand that from birth to 22, where do you got in your life? Right. This is birth Um, to 22. Maybe not my example is the best. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) not your example. Or maybe it is because you learned for your your next chapter, right? But So from my awakening... To my life the same span the same cycles of life i just am approaching it through a slightly different perspective because i'm a grown man but those things still have to be discovered so anyways so i got to the point where i realized okay i wake up i think that i'm gonna do the right thing here i'm gonna be disciplined to do what's right even when i don't want to do it and uh, and and not take the easy way out and give myself to helping and saving other people and I do all of that, and I realize, guess what? I'm not Jesus.
0: I can't do this. Right. There that is was, a Savior. I'm not it.
1: Right? And even though I believe that, I believe that we have to model our lives after him, but I took it not—I didn't take it the way that it was meant. Sure. I'm modeling my life. I'm not becoming him.
0: Okay. Right.
1: So that so, the process of the first episode in the episode— when I start to open myself up, I start to understand a little bit about Jesus, sure. a little bit more about about uh, when I accept Christ truly. When I accept God, when I accept Jesus, not just as this spiritual authority, but an actual way of living that's that's that requires me to allow Him. And this is very difficult for people who don't buy in to get yet. But but allow life for is to allow him to be inside of me as a part of who I am. Okay, And that's what it means. Like when it says uh, you, you'll be gifted the Holy Spirit from mm-hmm. baptism. Right. Yeah. Well, somehow, <laughs> somehow I missed that part. Right? right. So I spent my entire life what I thought was being disciplined. And it was in many, many physical ways, yeah. but what it was doing, it was in suppression of the Holy Spirit. I spent my life suppressing the Holy Spirit, hmm. my moral compass. I suppressed it. My, the guy, the one who connected everything, the glue, yeah, the one who connected it together. I didn't get that for many, many years. I'm like, how did I miss this? And remember I told you, I sometimes look at people and think, how do you not get that? Right. This is the biggest screw up of all time.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? This is your, your biggest misunderstanding. So Here's what's really cool. So you have an—the an, accident's not cool. After the accident, there's something that's really cool, is you believe there is a God, like, wholeheartedly, 100%. You don't even think it should be questioned. Okay, so there's God. Kind of phase two, you do make this deal with God. God meets you in that. And really, the truths and the realities about Jesus become true to you in, in, in more ways— but kind of like this Trinity, like you understood God, you understood Jesus, and then now phase three. Now we're in phase right, three, right. and now the Holy Spirit is becoming a reality, like the gospel in you, the, the God in you, that Jesus is yep. not just a truth that we celebrate Christmas, Easter, etc., but really lives inside you, leads you, guides you, and you've been suppressing that. And now check this out. So this is
1: what people do today. This is probably the most common reason people don't follow God once they start that same suppression sure because there were times I can look back at the times that I thought I was being disciplined when I was actually suppressing the Holy Spirit that God was trying to get me to go a different way but it was out of my what I thought was disciplinary behavior so I didn't allow it I did, that's where our free will comes in. I didn't, God could have forced me in, in many sure. ways, but he doesn't do that. He gives us that free will. So for the most part, we can, you know, there are times, but for the sure. most part, we do what we want. God is God. Yeah. 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 But for the most part, we do what we want. And there are times when I look back at my life and I can identify specific moments for dude, how did you miss that?
0: Hmm. How did you miss that? So how does that, so from that moment forward, there's a reality that you've been suppressing the impact, the very power of the gospel and your faith, that the spirit inside you has been kind of pushed off to the side and you've been in charge. So take me from there forward. So how has that transformed your life? So for, for me personally, uh, we're now to a point where I'm like,
1: oh, I get it, right? I get it now. And after that negotiation, that second negotiation with God, I... I I opened my mind and my heart up to okay. to that even more so. Right? Even more so. Like okay, this this can't be it. This, right. I like if that were it to that point of that second negotiation, if that were it, it it's not worth being a Christian.
0: Right. It's too empty. It's it too was hard. more rules without uh, yeah. any power to live them. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. For sure. right. Like, it was not yeah. worth
1: it. But now the, now after the second deal that I made with God, which is funny to say, but after that second time at the table, uh, I started to
0: feel what it means to be saved. So let me say this another way, because neither one of us are advocating for you making a deal with God or bargaining with God, but there are moments of, call them crisis of faith, or, or moments where faith is you know, it moves from, you know, from here to there in your faith. And there, there are points of grace. And I say it that way because God shows us grace in those moments. Even when we don't get it, God meets us. like You know, it's like walking up to a two-year-old. You explain things different than if you walk up to an adult, right? You bring yourself to the, to the hearer's level. And so God's grace in that is he meets you in that. So whether it was a deal about, hey, I want to live long enough to see my son to 18 or Hey, now I believe there's more to life and I don't think you ever said this but part of that deal was I want to serve others. I, you've told me that before. Yep. So so now God meets you again. So you so
1: basically if we're putting this in the in the context of of everyday language that we can understand, you just said it. Remember what I told you all up to this point? What did I do? I tried to help and save man. And now what do I want to do? I want to serve man. Hmm. Entirely different. Yeah. Maybe the same behavior, maybe the same physical action, but the intention and the principle behind what I'm doing is 100% different. Okay. Or at least 100% um,
0: complete versus with my intention and my principle. Sure. Right. The outward actions may still look the same from the outside, but from your heart and your view and your intention Everything is different. You're not trying to save them. You've recognized you can't. Right. But you want to serve them.
1: And even though I will tell you that my intention was right before, I didn't know I didn't know. Sure. Now I know. Your heart was in the right place. Right. Right. It was the same, you know, it was the same uh, intention in my brain. But my brain isn't always in line with absolute truth. And that's because we're imperfect.
0: So, there's a few things here. Um, so, tell me about why. So, I'm going to kind of fast forward to today. So, you have begun and run a nonprofit, and so Project Heal the Land. So, tell me a little bit about that and why you do what you do. So, um, big
1: outdoor, I always have been. And, uh, and honestly, my time in creation is what humanized me. Mm. My t- because I understood that I'm a part of this ecosystem, not a user of this ecosystem. Okay. It humanized me. It made me see that there's a bigger role than just partake in, so yeah. to speak. So my time in creation gave me that perspective, gave me so much of my humanity back, that peace, that I saw God's peace in nature. Mm. I saw God's grace in nature. When, when for example, we... Earlier, he said, you know, even though you may not feel it, even though you may not see it at the moment, that grace, it's, you know, God is graceful. So here's a crazy example. But if I'm in nature and I haven't seen this, but if I'm in nature and I watch a giant grizzly bear go into a river and yank these brutally pull these fish out of this river and eat them live, understand that that's grace. And how's that grace? Because if he didn't do that, there'd be too many fish. And if there were too many fish, it would cause this. And if that would cause that, it would cause that. And if, if things kept going like that,
0: all of this would end. Yeah. There's a, the principle, the, the spiritual principle here is that God created, right? When we read the opening pages of the Bible, God you know, creates the Earth as we know it and populates it with life and with sea creatures and and then ultimately humanity. And I think this gets too politicized today, but there is a charge there to care for the Earth. Like, yep. hey, yep, I made you and I gave you this place to live in. Go take care of it. And and God has orchestrated um, balance. A, w- a balance, right? So the the bear eats the salmon and the, the salmon does whatever. And then and then you know. Ultimately, everything works together, even in a broken world, even in a world yep. filled with sin and brokenness and chaos. There's still, you still, like you said, the it, order. You, yeah, and you of creation. get to see God in that. Yeah, I, I, I call it the order
1: of creation. Sure. Right. And order not mean in the row. Right. The the balance the yeah, the, the way it works the rules. Yeah, right, yeah. The yeah. order of creation, and I find that that you cannot get into God's creation without coming to terms with God at some level. Mm. Now, that may not be the full uh, read the life of Jesus and all this other stuff, but it's an appreciation. Yeah. And, it's, and it's that first, often, that first look at creation being something
0: different yeah. than a place to go. Theologically, we call that general revelation. The general audience, all of humanity, and the revelation about God is general. It's not saving right. faith. It's not saving knowledge. But for me, when... and, and the same way i love the outdoors and and one of my most worshipful places is standing at the edge of the ocean and i just i see the ocean i see the waves i've been thrown around by the waves i know how big the ocean is to me right and compared to me and then god is so much bigger and i can't help but want to worship god and i think you really truly to be in nature and not admit there's a god again not saving faith not jesus not that but I think you have to suppress that. You have to suppress it. You have to choose like, yep. hey, I'm going to believe this is all a cosmic accident, which is crazy, right? So Project Heal the Land. And on a lesser level, you're just going to not think about it. Sure. You're
1: going to choose you can not tune it to out. think about it. You're tuning right. it out, right? But you cannot, it's physically impossible to stand in awe of, of creation without coming to terms at some level with the creator. So what does Project Heal the Land do? So Project Heal the Land basically uh, introduces people to nature through service, through conservation, restoration, and education. Okay. That's, that's the nutshell. So introduces people to nature. Why? A great oh, Because you cannot get into nature without coming to terms with the creator. There you go. That's why. What were you going to say? So I was going to say, for example, we, we did this tree planting event mm-hmm. not too long ago, and we had a bunch of people. But one group specifically came up from Anaheim, California, and they were, uh, you know, under—what's what, the word I'm looking for? Underprivileged, I'll say, but, okay. you know, kids you know, from the ghetto, from the hood. and stuff. Okay. They've never been to the mountains. Ah, You know what you're—I've taken a lady, actually, who is a Christian, who, who actually—very act good— to the mountains one time, and it was the first time... She she also grew up in the hood and that kind right. of thing, like, gangs and all that. But it's the first time she's ever been to the mountaintop and saw fresh snow. It's a light bulb, huh? And she's a Christian. Yeah. So what she did, her response, she just cried. Yeah. Because you cannot come to creation without meeting the creator at some level.
0: I hear that. Yeah. So now you use... Not only your love for outdoors and, and and all of that, you use that to point people to a creator, but you also use that to help people. uh, And again, it's not save, but help, right? So now you don't think you're saving anybody, but you do help people. And and what kind of things um, do you use nature to help with? So um, there are things like,
1: so coming through my own brain injury, right um, there, there's is when you have a scrambled brain, you you just deal with things for your for your lifetime. Too bad, so sad, right? Sure. So not only a brain injury, but also people choose to, to make decisions that create their lifestyle that now they got to deal with, right? Right. And and there's two ways you can go when you come to that crossroad. You can uh, step up, or you can lay down. Right. That's okay. kind of it. Th- that's it. The so, rest of the challenge would be a victim. So we live in this world of nothing being uh, your fault, of nothing being able to, you have no role that you can do to change your circumstance. But that is 100% not true,
0: right? That may be your reality, but it's not truth. Let me, so let me use language that are used all the time. So uh, if I were to go see some secular therapist about whatever, and I, I would likely walk away from the being, I would likely walk away being told I was a victim of, and then fill in the blank, right? Uh, if we were to diagnose back when I had, uh, you know, a long-term addiction before I came to faith, all that. And so you would be told you were the victim of someone else's decision to drive a car who ended up in a diabetic coma, who put you into the place you were. So you're a victim, but you've never called yourself a victim. So, right. I'm not a victim,
1: but I went to a therapist once. I went to a, 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 one of the best doctors in the country that could rebuild the neurological tracks that were destroyed in my brain. They've done it with a lot of military PTSD guys. They've done it with a lot of, a lot of guys that have gone through that same kind of trauma where um, uh, they would actually restore it and you can have that function back. And you know what, one of the first things she told me hmm. separate myself from my wife for a while. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What do you think I'm going to do if I, so that lasted like an hour. Right, By like session three, I go into this thing. This is one of the best people in the world, or in the country. It's probably the world. Could be. Whatever. But the best people in the country for this. And what I realized that by session three, I'm controlling this whole show. I'm controlling exactly what she's going to say and do in this moment. Because guess what? Well, I don't want to sound this in a – isn't that an obnoxious kind of thing, but because I'm, I'm so far ahead of her right now in this strategic right. life, you know, because the way my brain works now, because I lost something, I think that everything else was heightened. And I understand that I couldn't even stop myself from controlling this situation. Sure. One, because it, that's how I defined my life for so long. It's just what I did at the time. Mm-hmm. But so I, that, that ended quick. And, and mm-hmm. I realized, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. I'm good. Um, another time I was at my doctor. And my doctor uh, has a twin brother. And they have an alcoholic father that was physically abusive to them. And uh, he would beat them all the time and, and that kind of thing. And they're now adults living their lives with their families. Dad's long gone. And, uh, and the brother wanted to work through this trauma and, you know, because it was affecting his life and all sure. this other stuff where the, the doctor, he's a Christian guy that uh, speaks at churches and has a family mm-hmm. with kids and, and the brother works through this system and, and they all have all this blockage and all this other stuff that, that kind of trauma brings. And at the end of it, his brother felt this total sense of freedom. He's like, Oh, you have to do this. You ha-, you know, I feel so free. And, and the doctor, my doctor friend who said, I, I'm a grown man with a thriving practice in health. I I believe in, I have a great spiritual relationship with God. My my wife is a, my kids are Christians. They're through college now. I live in the greatest, one of the greatest places in the world to live. Why in the world would I ever want to remember that? Sure. That right there is like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be like everybody else. I'll Mm. just, I'll just keep forgetting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah and 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 I never went to that route, and the re- and that's also why I never I'm not a we're not
0: victims, no. so things do happen to us. We live in a broken world, but I, I guess that I think the takeaway here uh, is one, so many, and you've paralleled this, so many things fit the gospel narrative of how we're created and how we're loved by God and how sin creeps in and breaks things. And it's so beyond our control and how we, I mean, like you tried to repair your own system, just like Adam tries to cover himself and his wife. I mean, they try and make for themselves a cover, but God has to strip their efforts and God fixes, right? God is savior. Jesus is savior. Rob is not savior. And so in that though, on the other side of getting all those pieces together and being empowered by the very spirit of God, God calls you now to not go out and save, but to go out and serve. And, and you found a life To not in go that. out
1: and save, but to go out and model the Savior. Mm, that's
0: good. So then they can,
1: you know, I can build that relationship out and all that kind yeah. of stuff, right? So
0: That's amazing. And I just, I want to say this, man. There are so many, I, if we had more time, we would just do so much more. But I, I just want to first thank you. Uh, and I, I say this, I mean, Rob, you're one of my closest friends. We hang out. Way too much, I'm sure. But uh, you bring such a different, uh, just a a different light into the story. You shine into it differently. And uh, your story is amazing, but I also see how you reach a group of people I could never reach. And that's the point. The Stories of Faith series is all about having that touch point, how Jesus intersects any life. And that that story resonates with you, the hearer, differently. My story may touch in one area and then Rob's in another and the next person's in another. But God has equipped us with our stories and called us to share them so that the world might know Jesus. And so I want to say thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. More stories to come. Up next will be another story of faith. New person, new story. Same. Savior. Thank you for listening to this story about how Jesus made a difference. Generations Church is filled with ordinary people who met an extraordinary Savior. Subscribe so you don't miss a single story. Would you stop and share this with one friend today? The story of Jesus is most easily seen in the lives of people who know him.